You're listening to the Cruise Tips TV Unplugged podcast, episode number 46. Today, we're uncovering the most popular cruise myths and a few that might surprise you. Welcome to Cruise Tips TV Unplugged. I'm your host, Sherry, and I invite you to join our cruise-loving family as we travel the world creating cruise videos and vlogs. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to help you make every cruise your dream cruise. Hey, cruisers, welcome back to the podcast. Today's podcast was inspired by someone in our community named Jasmine. Jasmine sent me a message and shared with me that she has been on a cruise when she was younger, but that she would really like to go on a cruise with her husband. The only trouble is... Jasmine's husband is not really on board with cruising. So she asked if we could do a podcast where we debunk all the cruise misconceptions and myths. So Jasmine, this one is for you. How you doing, Mr. Cruise Tips TV? I'm doing good. So he's a non-believer. He's a non-believer. He's a non-cruiser. We're going to, maybe we're going to change his mind today. We'll see, right? So we can never quite do it alone here at Cruise Tips TV. What we decided to do is to go to our wonderful Facebook group for the students and coaches who have graduated from our masterclass and ask them for a little bit of help of finding out what those popular myths are and maybe, just maybe, how we can debunk some of them. So we had all kinds of things flowing in. Linda H. said, it's expensive. Everyone parties 24-7 and every port that you go to is dangerous. Karen McGowan Griffin said, all the ships are like floating norovirus hotels. I can't afford it. And there's nothing to do but drink and eat. So as you guys can see, there are just a ton of myths out there about cruising. And I'm sure you've heard them all. And Mr. Cruises TV, you've heard them all, right? I have. These people are telling you myths they've heard, right? They're right. not, they're not thinking. They're, they're not thinking they're yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. No. Or I think in some cases they probably thought some of them were true before they went on their first cruise which I'm sure we had some of those as well, right? Did we have, I don't think I had any misconceptions about cruising. It was all new to me. It was all new to you. You were really open-minded too. That's me. Which is good. So I was a little bit surprised about number one here, but I decided to pick the one that makes me the most upset as our number one cruise myth. And that is you'll gain weight and there's nothing to do but eat. Elizabeth in our Facebook group said, Number one myth is that you're going to gain weight or that you'll lose weight because the food is nasty. By the way, I've done both. <laughs> so sometimes I think some of these things do hold some weight, but I really do think that it is a total misconception that you're going to gain weight on a cruise. And there are people out there who are very adamant about this, who are very staunch in their belief that cruises are unhealthy and that there's a lot of unhealthy food on cruises and that you will eat bad food, you will eat in too much abundance, and you will gain weight and be unhealthy on a cruise. And that actually really bothers me because on a cruise, we actually, as a family, take advantage of the fact that there's a greater variety of food. There's a lot of fresh food. We like to eat a lot of proteins and lean vegetables and fruits and things like that. So I think it's just wonderful to have choice. 
Yeah, that is totally false. I mean, they only strap you down and force you to eat on sea days, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Your room steward, they tie you to your bed, bring you chicken wings. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty good. What cruise line are you talking about that does that? I'm not going to tell you because I'll get in trouble by that cruise line if I tell you. No, as a joke, obviously. So yeah, the number one, you'll gain weight. There's nothing to do but eat. I kind of combine those together because I feel like they sort of go hand in hand. But I've actually seen some pretty mean messages from people that say something like, I will never go on a cruise because all there is to do is eat. And of course, there's an abundance of food on a cruise ship. There's a wide selection of food, but there's also a lot of really healthy food and a ton of exercise and healthy living activities available. So number two is a good one. This one is this one gets people a little bit riled up too. And that is that you have to dress up on a cruise. And folks, gone are the days when you have to dress up for a cruise. Gone are the days when you have to wear a tuxedo to formal night. Gone are the days when you have to even have a formal night on every single mass market cruise line that I know of, except for a few outliers like Cunard, of course, which is a more formal line, talking about the big five cruise lines. You absolutely do not have to dress to the nines on a cruise. Now, if you cruise with a line like Norwegian, you don't have to dress up at all ever if you don't want to. I also know people who never go to the main dining room and wear shorts and go to the buffet every single night of their cruise. So if that is a concern for you, throw it out the window, my friends. The cruise lines are so flexible with their policies anymore. I, I see such a variety of clothing, even on formal nights, that it's it's not a, a valid concern anymore. It just isn't, is it? It's gone. Those days are gone. All right. Number three comes from our buddy Dave S. on Facebook, and he said, you'll get seasick. Wah, wah, wah. Well, some people do get motion sick, but these days with these big stabilizers, it is pretty darn rare, folks, unless you are really prone to motion sickness, getting seasick just because you're on a ship is pretty unusual. I mean, these ships are built with massive stabilization. And of course, you feel them moving most of the time on most cruises, I've, I've felt movement, but you are not automatically going to get seasick or motion sick on a cruise. So thank you, Dave, for that one. Very true. Some of the larger ships, you don't even feel the movement. I mean, I, I guess it kind of depends on where you are, you know, what part of the sea and what, what mm -hmm. the weather's like. But I noticed on these last big ships that we were on that I barely felt the ship moving at all. On Harmony of the Seas, I'm trying to remember how many times I felt motion and it was pretty rare. I don't even think I knew when we sailed away. I don't think it. we knew that it really had started to happen. And on a smaller ship, you'll feel sometimes a mild vibration. You might feel the thrusters pushing away from the dock. Um, you might hear it. But on these larger ships, especially the ones that are designed to face inward, you might not even really know you're moving. I think, though, it's a valid concern. If you have problems with motion sickness, uh, it is valid and there are things that you can do. So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, rather than trying to say that, you know, this is a, just a myth, it's, it's something that can be easily dealt with. Mm -hmm. In fact, today we, um, our family has a friend who's going on her second cruise ever. Her first cruise was a long, long time ago, and she actually gets quite motion sick in the air and on small boats. However, she does not, I, I didn't tell you that she said this, but she doesn't get sick on roller coasters. Isn't that funny? But she um, is really worried about it. So we talked about the whole arsenal of options. The first of which is a natural option, which is um, those C-band wristbands that you you can wear that work with the pressure point on your wrist, the P6 point. And of course, there are um, 
There are more uh, technologically advanced options that work with a P6 point as well that are fantastic. But there's also over-the-counter and prescription medications that you can look into and natural remedies like apples and ginger and things like that. So there are things you can do. I do have to admit, though, there are some people who I think really shouldn't cruise because of motion sickness. I have one friend who just felt horrible. Actually, I have two friends who've cruised and they felt horrible the whole time. And those people should be doing something different. And they're, if that's you, we see you. We know that there's a small subset of people out there that definitely don't feel well when they cruise and, and should probably try something else. All right. Number four, the number four myth is a little bit of a repeat, but I wanted to address it separately. And that is that food on cruises is unhealthy. I got to tell you, there's a lot of unhealthy food on cruises. There's a lot of unhealthy food at restaurants. There's a lot of unhealthy food in my cupboard right now. There's unhealthy food everywhere, but the choices that you make are your choices. And there is so much healthy food on cruises. I don't even know where to start with this one from the buffet that offers full salad bars and alternative dining options. They have, you know, special dietary options. If you need something that's low carb or vegan or low sodium, you can be accommodated on a cruise ship at a much, much greater satisfaction level than in many places on land. I've heard, you know, stories of people who have very specific food allergies or dietary requirements that have done just absolutely incredible on a cruise. So I think to say that it's unhealthy is a pretty, that's a pretty false myth in my opinion. I agree. It is, it is difficult to eat healthy at home because it's tough to keep things fresh, right? Right. It's tough to keep a good solid supply of fresh vegetables and fruits in the house because things go bad. They get pushed to the back of the fridge, but on a cruise, it's right there. Mm-hmm. I always eat really healthy on a cruise because it's so easy. Yeah. You pile up the salad for sure when we're on a cruise. You are a salad bar man. And it is so true. And healthy food is expensive food. We're always complaining about about that in our life. It's that, you know, to keep your fridge stocked with healthy, fresh things is really expensive. So why not take advantage of healthy eating on a cruise when you have it at your fingertips and being prepared for you all the time? Okay. Number five is courtesy of Brenda B in the Facebook group. And she said, you will feel trapped. It's a myth that you'll be trapped on a cruise. And I'd like to add to this one, Brenda, and say that a lot of people say you'll be bored and feel trapped on a cruise ship. Now, I think it's possible for someone to feel bored on a ship if they are absolutely unwilling to participate in any type of activity or find the beautiful sound of the sea, you know, going by on their balcony, boring. (laughs) But For us, we generally don't feel too bored on a cruise ship and we certainly don't feel trapped. I think that that is, um, I think it's a matter of opinion. I'm sure there are some people who think, oh, I just want to get back to land or I want to go hang out on a beach all day long. I don't want to be on this moving vessel forced to do what's going on in the ship. Maybe they want to go and get in a car and go explore somewhere else. I can understand that, but certainly I don't think that feeling trapped is generally a valid concern for someone once they try it. I have to admit, I do remember one of my brothers saying that before we went on a family cruise one time. They weren't, I don't think they'd ever been on a cruise and they were like, oh man, do I have to get on that ship? I think I'm going to feel trapped. And then three days in, they were like, "Um, can I throw my cell phone over over the edge and stay here forever? I love this. This is the best feeling ever. You know, you want to be trapped on a ship. It's a great place to be sequestered. So... That's a good one to dispel. All right. Number six is an oldie but goodie. And that is cruising is for old people. 
ah, this is one of the original cruising myths. And I think that we are, if you've seen a Royal Caribbean commercial lately, you know that that is definitely not true. Of course, there are cruises out there for people of all ages and different cruise lines do cater to different demographics and different age groups. So there's certainly something for everyone these days. That's true. Now, here's the bad news. We are, at least I am, old now. But, <laughs> You're not old. But we've been cruising for a long time. And, you know, it's it, w- it has always seemed like it was the right thing for us. It's never felt like um, we were surrounded by old people. Mm-hmm. And it's never felt like we were surrounded by young people. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's all in what you make of it. Yeah, definitely. And there have been cruises that we've been on that have been a little bit longer that actually where the the age group was skewed a bit higher. And those are some of my favorite cruises, to be honest. Very, very fun memories. Number seven. Here's a good one for you. Interested to hear what you have to say about this one, Mr. Cruise Tips TV. Cruising isn't owned, by the way, this is for, this is from a few folks in our group. This is from Billy and Ginger. Cruising isn't for travelers and you won't experience the cities that you visit truly. Billy said, you're not in port long enough to do or see anything. Of course, Billy's saying that's a myth. Ginger's favorite myth is you're never anywhere long enough for a true in-depth international experience. And Ginger likes to tell people, hey, look, I learn more about other cultures and countries by wonderful conversations with the crew members, which I think is an excellent point that, you know, you're, you're also enriching your life by interacting with people from all over the world. In fact, I heard, um, our, our concierge, uh, host on Royal Princess was saying that there were people from something like 40 to 45 nationalities, I believe he said on board Royal Princess alone working on that ship. So obviously when you're in port, you are, you're, you do have a limited amount of time and you're not exploring as much as if you stayed there for a week. But the way I like to look at it is that we're exploring a place maybe for the first time and deciding if we want to return to learn about that place in a more in-depth fashion. Well, I think also there are places that you can see that you may not have otherwise gone to. I, I think it's, I think cruising gives you an opportunity to see more places in a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there's some truth to the fact that maybe you don't get to, you know, get the whole experience that you would if you were staying in a hotel and mm-hmm. in uh, a particular location. But um, I think given the choice, I'm going to go with to see as many different places as possible in the quickest amount of time. I think that's a really good counter to this argument too, because it's just another way of looking at things. Maybe you do want to go and spend a week or two in Rome, but on a cruise, you get to go to Rome, Sicily, Malta, the South of France, and explore a lot of different places without having to unpack your bags more than one time. So I think that's, you know, it's a trade-off for sure, but why not return for something more in-depth later? Or you could look at a line like Azamara that does offer more in-depth and longer experiences in port. To be fair, we've we've done both. So it's not like we're just looking at this from one side. We've we've done both. And I think given the choice, I'm going to go the cruise route. Yeah, definitely. I would say the first five, gosh, maybe five, seven years of our marriage, we only did land travel and we would stay in places for longer periods of time. And we lived abroad too. So I think we get, we get it. But cruising for us is the way to go. I'm sure there will be some times when we decide we want to go somewhere and spend a little bit more time on land. Japan is one of those places for me now, after we've been watching that series on, um, on Amazon, 
I'm interested to go see the north of Japan, like Hokkaido area and things like that. And I don't think you can visit by ship, but it'll probably fall low into the priority list because there will be some crews that I want to do more. Anyhow, that's a total aside. All right. You ready for number eight? Let's go. Okay. Number eight. All right. This one comes from Kelly J. Everything is crowded and there's no privacy or all cruise ships are crowded. They can feel crowded. Sure. There are times when, when a cruise ship feels crowded, but I have to say, I've been on some of the largest cruise ships in the world. So Harmony of the Seas and MSC Meraviglia, which are up there in the large category. And most of the time, those ships did not feel crowded to me. The way that they're designing ships these days really does help with the flow and distribution of humans. And guys, this is coming from people, you know, we are extremely crowd averse. Our family does not care for crowds. Um, you've probably heard us talk about this many times before that we're not theme park people because we don't like crowds. If we thought cruise ships were packed with people all the time, there was no privacy and that we were constantly going to be in a sea of people, we would never go on cruises. So for us, it's absolutely not true. There are certainly cruise lines that I think feel a little bit more crowded. And these larger mega ships, sometimes I think during periods of like embarkation or, you know, getting off the ship, there can you can feel the people a little bit more. But in general, I think they're really just the cruise lines are just getting smarter about how to disperse crowds and they, make they you are, feel that you're not crowded. They are definitely doing a better job, but do you have some tips that you could pass along to people who are worried about crowds? Because I think there are things that you can do if you're, if you're really worried about the crowds. Mm, I think it depends on the cruise line that you're on. I think one of the things that we've learned to, to really enjoy, at least especially me, is to wake up early, you know, and to enjoy those beautiful non-crowded places. Also, I think early in your cruise, it is possible to scope out different places on the ship that don't tend to draw crowds. And it doesn't have to be a quiet place like a library or something like that. It doesn't have to be a nerdy little nook on the ship. It could be just something that you find isn't very crowded. How about you? Do you have any tips? I was going to say pretty much the exact same things. Now, I like to go out on our balcony and obviously that's if you can afford a balcony. We mm -hmm. try we try whenever we can to have a balcony. That's a good way to feel like you're getting away from the crowds. But getting up early is a great thing to do. Um, not necessarily staying up late, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that doesn't work as well as getting up early. But also finding a particular spot where, for, for whatever reason, people just don't go there. And like you were saying, it isn't, it isn't always the obvious thing. It's, it's not always just the library or mm -hmm. something like that. We found some really awesome places that are just shockingly empty. Mm -hmm. And it's been great to take advantage of that. Once you, it, and it usually only takes a day or two to find a place that's going to remain empty or relatively empty throughout the cruise. Um, the champagne bar on, mm. on MSC's Seaside, seaside mm -hmm. um, is a perfect example. It was beautiful there. Mm -hmm. um, plenty of places to sit, great views, beautiful location, almost always empty. Yeah. Especially during the day. I think, and you might've hit on something that's kind of a general tip for people. And that is that bars 
during the middle of the day can be a great place to hang out because they're a, they may not be open. <laughs> they might not open until like 5 PM or so, but they can be a nice little hideaway with lots of seating and things like that. Also uh, places that you just wouldn't expect to go. So here's another example, a hot tub in Alaska, <laughs> right? You're thinking cold weather, but you might find some real surprising and wonderful places like that. Dazzles on Harmony of the Seas was another great example. Man, that place is underutilized. It is so beautiful. It looks out over the, it's this, it's a, a two-story bar that looks out off of the um, aft of the ship down at the boardwalk area. Kind of has a similar view as Wonderland, but there's just never anybody in there. And it's got an entire wall of glass. And I'm talking about two stories of glass, not just one. It's very dramatic and beautiful. There's nobody in there during the day. And you can go and get a drink with great service. And <laughs> there's definitely not a wait at that bar. Yeah, well, that's a good one. From what I understand, it gets pretty hopping at night. But mm -hmm. during the day, the door is wide open. Well, you, like you said, we are old. So we were probably never going to find out what hopping at night means for the rest of our cruising life, right? That's just not going to happen. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. We are on to number nine. And this is a big one. Tony C. and Joe Ellen said it really gets their goat when people say cruising is expensive and everything costs extra. Certainly you can find expensive cruises, but in general, I think cruising is one of the best travel values around. And I think that's why it's such a growing and booming industry. There's also a ton of competition in the cruise industry. So as far as supply and demand goes, and we're talking about a lot of new builds every year coming into the cruise space. And these cruise companies want to fill their cabins. So if you are willing to do some research, work with a good travel agent and, you know, look for deals, I cannot think of an industry or a way of travel that is more economical than cruising. And regarding the everything costs extra thing, there are a lot of upsells, upcharges on cruises. On certain cruise lines, I think that's more of a thing than others. But on most cruise lines, aside from your the cost of your cruise and your gratuities, it is possible to go on a cruise without spending a whole lot extra. You know, you've got drinks and food. If you don't buy any alcoholic beverages, spa treatments, or go shopping um, or spend money on shore excursions, you can certainly not spend extra money on a cruise. It is definitely possible. And I know a lot of budget crusaders out there who do a very good job of not spending a lot extra on a cruise. It's too true. Here's the deal. It's entertainment. And like all entertainment, they want your money. That's, mm -hmm. that's why you're being entertained for your money. Right. Right. But you have to be savvy about it. Vacations are expensive, but you plan, you budget and you, you cut corners where you can. Right. Exactly. Right? I totally agree with you. Speaking of entertainment, you mentioned that and it got me thinking, gosh, there's actually quite a, quite a bit of free or included entertainment on cruises. Oh, that's one area where I think you can do really well to not spend extra. Most of the time you've got a Broadway show every night that doesn't cost you extra. You've got a comedian or some kind of entertainment that doesn't cost extra. Well, and there are a lot of things to go into it too, because I, I have this land versus cruise vacation, you know, conversation in my head a lot. And there, there are a lot of things to consider. Your food, your entertainment, your transportation, and your time. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to forget one or the other when you're, when you're having this 
conversation or this argument in your head. You can leave something out like food and forget how hard it is to find good places to eat or inexpensive places to eat when you're doing a land vacation. Mm. Or think about how much time you're going to be spending, you know, trying to figure out where to go or mm-hmm. budgeting for things like that. So cruising is just the the full package, in my opinion. I think I got a little bit spoiled by cruising when a few years ago we were at, um, we were on a land vacation in the greater Cancun area and we were at this ginormous, and I mean huge, sprawling, all-inclusive resort. And for some reason, they didn't do room service for breakfast and they didn't do coffee either. And I remember thinking, I have to walk how far to get my coffee. So I think cruising has really spoiled us. We can run up a couple flights of stairs and go to the buffet and grab a drip coffee. And then when we're done with that, run across the, you know, the ship to a, to a real coffee shop and grab a latte. It's just so convenient too. There's, you know, there's really something to be said for it. And boy, do you miss it when you're not, when you're not on a ship, if you like cruising and you get spoiled by it, like we have. All right. Number 10 comes from Erica. There's nothing to do on sea days. Oh my word. I can never find, I can never choose what to do on a sea day, right? That's a tough one. Um, I, I could dispel this one for hours and hours, but to be honest on a sea day, my idea of a good time is maybe to do nothing. I think sometimes we really just want to do what you mentioned earlier, sit out on the balcony, order room service, sleep in, crawl back in bed after you've got up for a few hours, take a nap, wander around the ship and take photos. Maybe doing nothing is kind of what sea days are all about. But if you're cruising uh, for different reasons, or maybe you're on a Royal Caribbean ship and you're out for some fun, there are probably literally dozens, if not hundreds of different choices of things to do on a sea day. It's true. There are so many things to do now. I, I could see... I could see how that's a common misconception, but it is absolutely a misconception. And you need to look no further than the ship's newsletter to easily dispel that misconception. Yes, it is literally four pages long on most cruise ships. Yeah. And on sea days, they're longer. Yeah. And it's usually I'm I'm looking through thinking, oh man, if I do this, I'm going to miss that. So Mm -hmm. there's so much to do that a lot of times you find yourself missing something because something else was better. Totally. Pretty much every single time. Somehow on our Royal Princess cruise, we missed the Stanley the Bear breakfast for that very reason. I don't even know how we missed it, but we missed it. All right. Number 11. It's back to the food. Josine D said the myth that drives her the craziest is that the food isn't good. They serve stale food and the food is not of quality. Oh my word. I would rather be on a ship any day rather than come home and slave away in the kitchen (laughs) and try to scrounge together some kind of dinner before moving into the evening routine. I just don't get this one. I have been on cruises where the food wasn't a 10 out of 10, but I certainly don't remember complaining about it or even thinking for one moment that it was a problem because again, you've got all these choices. If you, if you eat something you don't like, go get something else. (laughs) right? You've got buffets, specialty restaurants, diners, dining rooms, um, cafes, pastry shops, coffee shops. I don't know what more anyone could want, but that drives me too, drives me crazy too, Josie. I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I think the food on cruises is wonderful. All right. Number 12, you will get sick on a cruise ship. 
Well, you might, but you might also get sick at home. If you cruise during flu season, of course, you're more likely to get sick, just like any other thing. Um, This is a tough one because we could talk about what sick means in a lot of different ways. You might be talking about norovirus. You might be talking about um, getting a cold. It could be a lot of different things, but I think that obviously the media focuses particularly heavy attention on norovirus on cruise ships. So if you are an innocent bystander and you watch the news, you probably think that people are developing norovirus by the thousands on ships every day, which is simply not true. The truth is, A, the media loves to cover norovirus outbreaks, and B, the CDC requires that the cruise ships report on certain percentages of norovirus outbreaks on cruise ships. We made an entire video about the facts about norovirus. And the truth is you're probably more likely to get norovirus in a public place like a school or a nursing home. But the media will do what the media will do, right? Well, and it's also that that's something that they're looking at and they're reporting on. So they're not looking at malls and reporting on (laughs) malls or something like that. But you want to hear my theory? I have a new theory about this. Oh, My theory is it's not the ship's. My theory is it's the planes that mm. so that you know oh, people my are word. they're getting off the plane, getting on the ship. Yeah, they're cramped into this area with all that recirculated air, and they're breathing right. in each other's germs, and then they take it on the ship. So don't That's blame the one. ship. Blame the airline. Every time we get sick from traveling, it's not ever from the cruise ship. It's always after flying. Always right. I can't think of a time when I got sick driving to board. Well, it seems like when we do get sick, it's when we have flown. So mm-hmm. if we drive to port, we're not, I mean, I can't remember a time we got sick when we drove to port. It's usually after being in a plane. Right. So that's where I'm pointing my finger. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's certainly not the ship itself. It is always people. And I don't think that the crew can always be blamed. I'm sure certainly sometimes the crew get norovirus. But if you think about it, it's a lot more likely that the passengers are bringing that stuff on, Right. I mean, if you're, you're turning over, you know, two to 6,000 people every week, you're very likely going to be bringing some of that on. Okay. That's a tough one for me, but Hey, we're going to move on. All right. Number 13 cruises aren't safe. I am probably the most paranoid mom in the world, but of all places in the world where I would potentially allow my child to run free, or I would worry less about him while running free, it would be on a ship. And of course, you're going to hear stories in the media of things that have happened. You've heard domestic violence stories on ships. You've heard about assault cases on ships. They're extremely rare, folks. These things are absolutely and totally rare in the cruise industry and the disciplinary action and the policies and procedures in place, preventing, um, crew from fraternizing with guests in order to prevent things like that are so intense that if, you know, certain types of fraternization were to happen, the employees on cruise ships, the crew, the staff would literally be sent home on an airplane the next day. So there are consequences that really discourage any type of unsafe behavior between crew and passengers. Now, that doesn't mean that you couldn't have some kind of an issue with another passenger. That has certainly happened. And we've heard many stories about that. But again, I feel far more safe on a ship 
for statistical reasons, not because it's my own opinion, because I statistically know I'm much safer on a cruise ship than I am in most cities in the United States, for example, <laughs> but certainly um, in foreign countries. You got anything to say about that? Well, I think m many of the lines have a zero tolerance policy for things like violence and mm -hmm. altercations or any kind of trouble for that matter. And it's a pretty simple solution to you get kicked off. Yep. We've yeah. seen passengers getting kicked off of ships. It's true. And if you are involved in something like that, there's no, they started it mm -hmm. or you just get kicked it's bye -bye. off. bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. So, or banned from the cruise line for the rest of your life. That can happen too. Yeah. That can happen too. We saw a family in Alaska. We were eating at a restaurant in Alaska many years ago, and there was a family in the same restaurant as us telling the story about how they got kicked off because of something one of their children had done, like a teenage child, I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, scary stuff. So we don't believe that cruises are unsafe in general. People can be, you know, there's obviously people are not predictable and there are exceptions to the rule. You don't have to have a background check before you can go on a cruise ship for the most part. But I think it's very good to know that statistically speaking, they're some of the more safer forms of travel. Well, yeah. forget about, forget about statistics and just pull from experience. We've mm -hmm. been on how many cruises? Oh, well over 30. Mm -hmm. How many altercations have we seen? Very few. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen any. None. None. No. I mean, unless you count, you know, some... Uh, yeah, a few arguments. Some, some but, angry, angry husband and yeah, wife type yeah. thing. Right. But no physical altercations. I've seen few, I've seen a few people get a little huffy over chair hogging. I think I think if someone's going to come to blows on a ship, it's going to be about somebody reserving a chair, you know, a deck chair. Oh, you honestly. Never know. But in all this time, it's been safe for us. Yeah, that's very my true. point. Okay, well, we're coming close to the end here, and number fourteen is a good one. Teresa. And Susan, it's the old Titanic myth. The sink, the sink, the ship will sink. Not the sink will ship. The ship will sink. Teresa said, it might sink like the Titanic and all I will see is dark water. I think those are two different things. I think what she means is like once you're on the ship, you can't see anything. Like you can never see land. You just see dark water. And Susan Gladding is saying, it'll roll over. The ship will roll over. That's a good one. I think a lot of people actually do feel that the ship might roll over and they don't understand the way that water is transferred. The weight is transferred. Um, beneath the surface of it and they don't understand the keel and how all of that works. And I can understand that, but certainly um, that would be, it'd be pretty hard to, to tip a cruise ship over, right? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen unless yeah. there's neglect or some sort of, I, I mean, not even a rogue wave in general would do something like that. You'd have to hit something and then have the ship sink and then roll over. That's the only way that it would happen. But now here we are going Titanic on people, and that's not what we're trying to do here. No, no, because here's the thing. There's way more science in it than people could even possibly imagine. We've mm -hmm. had we've got the inside information from some of the crew members about how technical it gets. Mm -hmm keeping these ships not only stable, but level and adjusting them for particular ports and things of that nature. Trust me, it's not going to tip over. Not going to tip over. All right. Our last official myth comes from Cher Johnson. And that myth is that cruises are only for lazy people. How many uh, move rings and... <laughs> <laughs> calories do you think we burn? How many steps do you think we take on the average cruise per day, Mr. Cruise Tips TV? Now that's maybe just us. I don't know. I'm sure it's not actually. I mean, I think I walk an average of 
18,000 steps per day on a cruise. I think that one's just kind of silly. I'm trying to get my head. I know. Why would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see how it could just be for lazy people. Um, but it's not, I mean, that's a simple answer. It can be, I mean, I, I think it's for everybody. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, there, I'm sure there's a lot of lazy people that love to go on cruises, but you're going to have just as many or more that, um, are extremely active. Yeah. Cher had another good one. Now we're going to go into some bonus myths, guys. That was our top 15 list. There's so many more though, but Cher had a second one I want to go into now, which is, oh, this is a good one. Mr. Cruise Tips TV. You're going to like this. I'll have to eat dinner with people I don't know. Oh, yeah. Those days are gone, guys. Just like dressing up, we have, I don't think we've ever sat with other people at dinner on a cruise. You don't have to do that anymore. The good news is they have moved on past that. All right. Here's another good one. Another bonus, a bonus myth from Tabitha. She said, cruise entertainment is low quality performances. She hears things like cruise singers are singers that couldn't cut it on Broadway. Also not true. Incredible performances at sea. I could list example after example, but uh, Disney cruise line has some phenomenal entertainment. Royal Caribbean has top notch entertainment. Uh, Norwegian's entertainment is amazing and first rate. We're talking full on Broadway quality. Royal Caribbean's ice show alone is just unbelievable. All right. Here's another one from our resident cruise expert in the, uh, in the Facebook group. Catherine said, if you wait until the last minute, you get the best deals. Now I'm going to close with this one today because Catherine actually works for a cruise line. So she really has the inside scoop. And I would just like to applaud Catherine for all the tips that she gives to our community all the time. But that is such a good one. You guys, yes, there are last minute deals out there, but if you are going to wait for one, you are risking losing your cabin selection. You're risking not being able to book the cruise at all. And you're risking potentially paying more. So you have to be really careful about that. So what do you think about this? Was this fun? Mr. Cruise TV, did we hit some good myths today? For sure. Well, this is, I think it was awesome. I love debunking all this stuff, but there are a lot that we have missed. When we post this episode on our own Facebook, tell us what myths we have missed. Thank you all so much for being here. We'll see you next week. And until next time, we'll see you on the high seas. Thanks for listening to Cruise Tips TV Unplugged. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by searching Cruise Tips TV. We'd love if you leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Subscribe to the show and tune in next week. Until next time, we'll see you on the high seas. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. 
Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count. Guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.